The following is a Talking in Stations presentation of Pando's FC chat series. All right. What's up, Lexi, Holy, Fobbe, Duffy? Thanks for the sub, Duffy, by the way. Much appreciated. All right. So, welcome uh, to this week's uh, FC chat. And so, today we actually have, like, uh, I at least consider it a very special uh, episode. We're not going to have um, support FCs on too often. Because I think for most of the time, I wouldn't even know who uh, who is an F uh, a support FC in other groups. Right? So today we have actually three support FCs from three different groups on. And hopefully get like kind of an idea how things work in uh, all three of these groups. I mean, I kind of know how it works for Init, obviously. Can you subscribe to Pando? That's Thanks, Holy so Wars. Um, so, what is an, a support FC, first of all, right? Um, which is also what I want to highlight here, um, maybe to some degree, so, so people maybe have an idea that being the, the front guy, like being on comms, being the main FC all the time, that might not even be what you want to do in EVE, right? And um, so, these guys or girls. Um, they actually are the background workforce behind most ops. At least in my case, I know I always rely on a lot of people. And um, so let me introduce you to the guests today. And uh, so let me start with Ari. Right? Obviously, I know Ari the best. As you can see, she's an inner too. And uh, so Ari is my right hand uh, like assistant, I would say. In most bigger ops right i'm not saying in every little roam or whatever but i think every has a hand in and even in those roams to a degree just bring in a dick down or like whatever and doing her own kind of thing without me being uh, required to tell a lot and i think most guys that watch my streams every now and then you might just recognize her voice too and uh, so you know her from there already um so basically, most—I mean, Ari—you might even be fairly well known for the whole rage thing. So uh, basically, whenever whenever we do big stuff, Ari is involved. And uh, so when Ari wants to burn something to the ground, we burn something to the ground, right? So uh, yeah, welcome uh, and thanks for actually thanks to all three for first of all for doing this. It's probably not. Uh, and you're not seeking out attention, which also comes from the role here, uh, basically, right? So thanks for uh, being here today, Ari. Thank you for having me. It's it's good to be here, even if I am nervous. But yeah, that's all good. I mean, we're all friends here. It's basically just in it watching at the moment. And so my second guest uh, would be Tiana, which I actually got to know just recently. Uh, for those who watched the, the other FC chat episodes, I had Elo Knight on, and she is, as far as I can tell, uh, in the same role as Ari would be supporting my fleets, she would support Elo's fleets. And uh, maybe someone in chat has a revenant, and you might know her from there, because she is like known for uh, having her hands on a lot of revenant BPCs, I think. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but you can correct me. Uh, you're probably the number one 
Revenant BPC dealer in the game? I mean, I'm a primary source, yes. And in like 95% of the case, if you see a Revenant blueprint, it came through my hands first. Even if you buy it from some other guy who just wants to, you know, have a better price with you. So also welcome and uh, thanks for doing this. Um, and then we have someone on who I don't know. I wouldn't say at all. I see him around every now and then. So like you, you have some sometimes you have these names you subscribed uh, in hostile fleets That's that you recognize so that show up over and over again, or like more often, more frequently, and you kind of have an idea they're involved probably in some way, but never spoken un like unless uh, until today uh, to him. And it's uh, I eat paperback. Uh, from test and uh, the reason why uh, like or the, the way I got uh, you on was actually I simply asked um, Seto last week uh, who's the number one uh, support of the in test because I kind of felt like maybe having another point of view for this uh, on and he basically said all right I've got a guy right so um, also thanks for showing up today I eat paperback and welcome. Thank you. Uh, I really like your show. I'm really uh, excited to be on it today. All right, great. Um, so to just get the ball going, because we don't know each other too well. Um, so what are you actually doing most of the time in tests? Like what, what would you th uh, say is your favorite activity support wise? And maybe what's um, like what's one of the greater accomplishments or the more memorable things that you did in that role uh, so far? It was paperwork. Uh, I would say for me, um, the 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 I guess the thing I'm most proud of is probably uh, the first time that we did a Goku fleet after I had scanned uh, one of the Drifter wormholes. Um, before that, I had been on a number of these Goku fleets and uh, we've gone into these drifter holes, which I didn't realize that's what it was. I, you know, I kept on wondering, why do we land, you know, off of the hole and we always got a boost to it. So I was asking Seto, you know, why do we do that? And he was telling me it was a drifter hole. So I decided to uh, figure out what they were. And so I decided after that to just scan the whole thing. And I did this a number of times. And then finally we, or I found one that had uh, good connections and I told Seto about it, and then before I knew it, you know, there were like 200 dudes in the hole uh, going after targets. And uh, for me to see, you know, that translation from doing that prep work uh, to going after targets and uh, getting some kills uh, was, for me, uh, something I was really excited about. And uh, because it was the first time it ever happened, uh, I felt really proud about that, I guess. Uh, so wait, so when you probed or mapped the entire wormhole or whatever, or did you do the, the whole thing on your own and did it have already 60 connections or was it like when it still had 20? Uh, it still had 20. I, I still do it today when it has 65 All alone? But, uh, All on your own? Yeah, Holy shit. Well, uh, sorry, that's a little misleading. Uh, F's, uh, you might have seen it on uh, Reddit, but uh, Tess has started kind of a small wormhole, sig or I guess rebooted, let's say. Uh, and so now they've got a dude in each of them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly used to uh, scanning a particular one down on uh, a pretty daily basis. 
Yeah, so like I'm very familiar with like how it works. For those who don't know like the like how it actually works, uh, the drifter warmhole it's tricky because it's not a, like a normal wormhole where you just warp on zero, right? So probing all the wormholes is one part, but then mapping them all is a like whole different ball game, especially when you have like sixty plus connections. Yes, you can ignore a good few, right? High six, EOL, whatever you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for, not for sec at all uh, but it's a it's a ton of work and i think one person 60 connections if you do it all with one character that's around the one and a half two hour mark right so before an op you would go and invest like a shit ton of time just for that op to have a bigger chance of success right yeah it, it's easily two hours of work and then even after you finish scanning everything like another eight have popped up and then you're like well i need to check these out and then after you scan those eight there's another two <laughs> so i i know too well <laughs> i i actually probe uh, those myself a lot of times but i have a team behind me i think probably a couple of them might be uh in chat uh that helped me map at least right so i probe it and then they just map it for me quickly and uh, I think that the tricky part also with that is like so when you first uh, did that right so that's the the memorable moment and when you first uh, mapped an entire wormhole did you actually get lucky and the wormhole was used that day and you got something and it was a success or did you map it and nothing happened the first time and it took like i don't know two or three times before it even was used oh yeah the I scanned it probably like maybe three or four times and then maybe the fifth or sixth time uh, we, I got connections that said I was interested in and uh, we put a Goku fleet there. So the first four or five times were about. Yeah, but because I was about to say that you know, the, it's one thing to map it, but to keep mapping it, even though it didn't work out three or four times, that's a different thing, right? There's a, there's a mindset required for that. That you're willing to you know do it over and over again basically to make it work right yeah it definitely does um at the time um i knew seto had been promoted to sky marshal and he just didn't really have time to do this on his own um because he was preparing for actual strat ops so i kind of felt like if i could just uh you know do some of the work uh and take it off his plate uh could help uh, create some more goku fleets yeah, and uh, I know Ari got, um, I mean, obviously, Ari, you've got a lot of wormhole experience. And uh, Ari helped me before also with those, right? Those wormholes. And I would guess, so the question was, what's the most memorable, uh, memorable thing? I would guess I know which one is the one for Ari, but I'm going to ask anyway, Ari. So what's your most memorable thing? Well, yeah, as, as, you, as, as you guessed, guess, it, was it was my work on the Ray Drop. Um, I was one of the, the members of the logistics team, and I, I did a lot to, uh, with, of the seeding of the initial assets, and then a lot of the uh, like helping manage whole uh, control during the actual op itself. So that was definitely one of the most exciting and stressful times in Eve for me, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would even say, I would like honestly say, I think without you, we wouldn't have been able to do it because I had no idea how much work it's exactly going to be. Riven had kind of an idea and like he was willing to go all the way, but I think it would have taken like three years to make it happen. <laughs> Just the two of us. And uh, so, yeah, like, and you know, 
for those uh, who might not even know, but I think before Rage, we didn't know each other. I, I wouldn't say at yeah, all. We kind of, like, I kind of knew uh, you were around or whatever. From Riv, I'm not even sure, to be honest. I yeah, think Riv the Riv first time we ever talked. And most of the, the logistics team and we, yeah, we, you and I didn't have much contact, I think, beforehand. I think I maybe had messaged you once or twice just to kind of introduce myself. Uh, I had put an alt in Inets just so I could go on a couple of your fleets and yeah. just see what your FCing was like before the op. Yeah, I think that's it's, that's what I remember. You were saying, hey, like, uh, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, but then the fact that you were uh, also part of a Warmer group in some way, there was some, I don't know. Like, I knew you had an alt in it, which was weird, right? So I was, like, you know, more memorable then, I guess. But yeah, yeah, we didn't even know each other back then. And that's not too long ago. It's, I mean, almost a year now. But yeah, it's not that long. And uh, so for you, it was the Rage Op, obviously, right? And then, Tiana, what do you think uh, was your most memorable thing you did, like, supportive-wise? Or what's your favorite thing to do supportive-wise, too, right? It's not necessarily that there's that one big thing. Maybe it's just... The, the influence you have over time with a support like with a with a special role you feel i mean sometimes you know i think that i'm just a person whose voice ila tolerates most and that's um other time i really see that i you know can be proud of some work that uh, it's been a long road uh with origin at least and I started to help uh, my like favorite FCs before Origin when I was in other land. Um, when I realized that like I want to do some extra work, that I want to do something, you know, that's gonna be uh, uh, memorable and appreciate, is uh, when I started to just like beating the cricket silence. I'll when, tell you uh, anything. FC asks for, for like a signer to be. Don't reaction to this. Or can someone, you know, bring a save ride somewhere? And I just said, like, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, I don't remember when it started. I think it was in Waffles when I really tried to start to be useful. Then, of course, um, it, this evolved in uh, participating in Alliance Tournament with Waffles. That's another extra step that I made. You know, and more and more and more after with uh, with different uh, different corps, different alliances. Um, if you wanna ask like how we met with Eva, because you guys just um, remembered how you guys met with. Us. So when we met with Eva, he killed me with a Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> he just came back uh, from you know his uh, AFK from the game. And the citadels were kind of new to him. And I was in Triumvirate at that point. And I was just invited, you know, like a guest pilot to his one of his And uh, he warped us to a Keepstar, and Keepstar killed us. It was horrible, but, you know, I still want to. All right, so, but you were in the same fleet as, as him? Yes, I was in his fleet, yeah. So you were right away impressed with his skills. That's what I read on this. I mean, it was funny, like, the first hit, and, like, I shipped, of course, immediately, and then 
we keep fighting. I think it was Horde. Um, I think it was uh, when Origin started to be deployed in FDZ. And they were fighting Horde at that point. And uh, we were fighting them after that. And I was a new, like a new ship in a new sim. And uh, at some point, and I, like, I was very shy uh, to speak up, but I really tried to do what I usually do is my logistics job. And that's usually say, uh, reps are not holding, or we should do this, we should do that uh, about logical. And uh, Ila was a bit upset because nobody like say anything that we're losing. And he said like, why is the only person who speaks up is this girl that I barely can hear, <laughs> you know? And then you started speaking up louder? Yes, I did. And now, like rumors say, Ilo always listens to Tiana. Uh, well, well, at least he, he does, does say so. I mean, um, you know, it's complicated. I do a lot of space jobs in Origin. I do logistics as, you know, logistic pilot, not you're, uh, jump you're also pilot. You're also the Alliance holder for Black Legion, right? Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, your, isn't your char holding the Alliance? Or? Uh, yes, at this moment... I am the CEO of Black Legion, you know. Which is kind of, you know, he must trust you. I mean, everyone in that alliance oh. must trust you to a degree, I guess. Well, unless, unless you stole it. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, when Ila goes to some uh, events like EVE Toronto, EVE Vegas last year, he, you know, he sometimes says, like, Tian is in charge of origin in my absence, something like this. <laughs> so what I do is uh, I do logistics, I do recon in terms of getting in, in lots of different ways, including spice. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I do, uh, like, I do my job as a corp director which is like a big chunk of another space jobs is like HR, Diplo and big plans. And yeah. And when you said the spy thing and when I, uh, I said, I know, and uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of the whole LSH situation. Like, I think you especially work also with like Russian groups, right? Because the Russian community, obviously, they, like everyone knows everyone to a degree. And um We've gotten dread bombed by LSH before in Fountain, and you were on grid. Like yeah. one Black Legion character, and uh, it, uh, I remember it's like the other day. I'm like, yeah, that's true. That was actually Tiana. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's always great to have someone who's able to, um, you know, work together with other groups. And I mean, we have similar things, obviously. We have friends in the game and stuff like this. And then I would say Ari has connections to other groups too. It's like very similar, I think, um, that, you know, something is coming up, some big timer, you know, we get intel from, from that uh, area. or um, But then that intel is also going to be on point, right? That's what I think makes a, a good um, supportive C, you know, 
don't tell us about that one Athanor that's gone into armor like five regions away. You know what I mean? If you know, like if, for example, if Ari tells me, hey, there's going to be this epic fight in wherever it is, we have to go there. We're going to go there because I kind of trust her judgment there. And I think it's probably the similar, a similar role to you, right? If you tell um, Elo or another uh, FC you support usually that, um, hey, let's go there. That's going to be great. Most likely, they're, they're going to go there, right? Because they trust I their judgment. I do sometimes, but uh, mostly what he needs from me is on-field. Because uh, so basically what he wants from me is eyes everywhere, uh, reporting the current situation, enemy stages, uh, enemy fleets mood, uh, like who is bridging where, this kind of stuff. So up-to-date intel. That reminds me of something. When we did the raid job, you remember? You guys were formed up big. Because you, do you remember? I think you were actually trapped with your Titan in Cloud Ring at the time. Is that true? You went, I think so. We, we did have our Titans, like Origin Titans, in 77. Off in some system, yeah, for a while, for a few days, because you guys were, you know, keep an eye on them. So yeah, yeah my, my Titan was there as well. Yeah, and so like when we formed big, we call it the the mother of all CTAs. I remember you guys were all sitting on Titan in I'm not sure if it was Munins actually. Might have been Loki's at the time. Did you fly Loki's ever? I'm not sure. But you guys were all formed big and uh, you were ready to go because you didn't know what was going on. And you thought probably it was something about the Titans or something. But I remember you guys being formed huge, and then we just traveled like one jump next to you guys, and we just traveled by to a warmer towards a rage. And uh, you were probably involved in that one too, right? Like you were all formed big. You know, you knew about us forming big and all that stuff, right? That's so. Uh, we were aware about the rage coming. I don't think that you had any plans. Uh, you were aware like at the time? Wait a second, you were aware that we planned on doing the rage thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't really remember, you know, timeline. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were aware of the final timer, of course. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Not of the prep work. I, I don't really remember at what point our tra titans were trapped, you know. So, I think what happened is like, okay, okay. they're busy with something else. Let's sneak up. Yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking. So, you guys set up like some sneaky shit in Fountain, and then you moved your Titans oh, back. Yeah. And you know the whole story, though? Like, let me tell that story. So, I'm getting reports about uh, BL Titans moving into Cloud Ring. So, you just jumped into Cloud Ring, upper Cloud Ring. Which is quite far from Fountain still, right? So you still have like at least one Titan jump and a couple of gates in front of you. And maybe Erica's even on in chat. But I instantly told Erica, hey, get a Synodictor ready, move towards them, right? And he's on the way. The second you guys jumped out uh, to the next Sino to then do like three gate jumps, my internet was gone. And I couldn't just log in, right? And the second my, my internet was back, you guys just dropped into uh, deep into fountain, and the titans were saved up. I was yep. so mad, and the timing was so. 
I don't want to say it, but I mean, <laughs> I got paranoid. I'm not even kidding, right? I got paranoid. I'm like, that can't be true, right? My internet's never gone. And then it's exactly the perfect time frame, and it was just gone. And uh, so from that op, you killed like, I think 10 rockets or so. That was the, the lost guys, actually good friends of mine. And we simply, like, it was such a bad time, so we couldn't form anything, really. We had 50 Stukas, I believe, and you had, like, I don't even know, 200 Munins and the Stuka fleet on top of it. So basically, we couldn't do much about it. Felt like Bay 2, right? And then you sneaked the out afterwards. Part, the boldest part is, was when we breached out of your staging system using our hyperrank. I know, I know. And right after, like, one of your wrecks even got tackled, right? I'm not sure if that was Erica that I sent after you guys, but uh, one of your regs got tackled for a brief moment. I'm not sure how he got free because I wasn't locked in at the time. But it wasn't the heek. I think it was Saber Bubble. Yeah, exactly. That's what Ido said. And we just smart bombed them. That's it. So, um, yeah, you guys got in and out alive. And afterwards, I actually pinged, like, all Dicta, like, everyone who has a Dicta R2, you know, just camped that system where you guys were locked off afterwards. Drive-by Hyperrex is uh, one of our favorite things. Yeah, I mean, Ari also got a Hyperrex, which I like to get stuck in places. So there's another similarity. I'm not sure. (laughs) Paperback, do you also have a Hyperrex that would just fit too well? Uh, I do have a rag, and uh, it is not hyper yet, but uh, Seto is... Uh, not yet, huh? Me. <laughs> <laughs> See? Pretty fun. This, it's kind of it's it's funny how similar the, that whole, like, you guys are, right? In the, in the role. Like, if you're supportive, you have a hyper rag suddenly, right? If you want yeah. or not, paperback, you're going to have a hyper rag. I'll tell you even more. Ila um, helped me to inject this. And he gave me the whole. I fitted, but he gave me the whole. I got the fit and the sentences, but you know, he just gave me the rag because you what know, a nice guy. alliance. No, it's not being nice guy. It's because I'm I know. a personal slave <laughs> now. I know. Well, luckily Ari is uh, rich as shit. She got that wormhole money, so I never had to sponsor anyone's time. And everyone knows, like at the time, at least. I was always space poor, so uh, I couldn't even think about doing that. You should think about it. I should think, I think about my what? second one's going to be free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I lose the first one. And yeah, I mean. We, like, we should move your rack. No, your rack, not your rack. But that's one of yeah, the perks, being a supportive C. If you do a lot of shit, for example, Ari does a lot of stuff. Uh, with her rag and stuff, we use it a couple of times. Deep in test space, for example, in Esoteria. If you get caught there, it's dead. But, like, I think if Ari would lose that thing, we would replace it right away from Alliance, right? Because we had so much use out of it. It wouldn't be a problem to replace that thing, right? Uh, be it, like, from the Alliance SRP, because it's a strat op, or is it um, just us saying, hey, Ari lost her rag, we've used it a couple of times. Guys would just throw some is together, and we would have like probably two racks. I mean, nowadays it's not that big of an issue anymore. But that's one of the perks being a, a support FC. If you if you reach a level that uh, people in the alliance at least know you, right? Or like I'm not I'm not sure how many people in alliance do actually understand how much how important it is to have uh, FCs like you guys around. 
but like what do you think like do most people understand or most people don't understand anything um honestly i'm not sure uh because i think a lot of the stuff that we do uh the average line member is not going to know about um you know just you know being completely um but uh, like seto for example like he he's really good about uh like show or i mean i should say spotlighting the people that help make the op happen you know he'll say after a goku like you know a bunch of guys scan these holes down or uh even before we deployed our sig to cache like he uh, mentioned uh me and another pilot who had hacked all the structures to figure out what the timers were uh so I think if no if FC didn't speak up, uh, I don't think anyone would really know about uh, what a support FC is and how important they are, um, unless the FC you know kind of like spoke up and said you know these are ways that you can help out and uh, what this is what these guys are doing. Yeah, I've I've definitely um, seen in our Stuka fleets like Pando's good about uh, giving credit to the normal crew as well. Um, so I think I think those people definitely get credit, but I think some of the other fleets uh, probably, there's, there's definitely, I think, a lot going on. And maybe people know a few of the, of the support FCs, but I think they don't know the, the full like breadth of the assistance a lot of uh, FCs get to put together some of these larger ops. How is it in Black Legion, Tiana? Is it kind of well, the same? I can't complain, because uh, BL is uh, not so large group at this moment, and being a corp director as well like i was appointed as a corp director quite soon after i joined i would say it was like maybe one month after i joined so they kind of know me already so i can't complain that i'm like not you know well, appreciate or something no they know my job they know what i'm doing pretty well at least in origin well, I think everyone wants to be appreciated, right? But um, I think you guys probably are not seeking the spotlight anyway. You, you, you guys are all like more in the background, which is why I'm surprised that all three of you instantly said, "Yeah, why not? Let's have a like have a chat, stuff like this," right? And uh, I, w I actually expected at least one of you guys to say, "Like, ah, oh, it's not my thing. Like, I don't, I don't really talk about what I'm doing," right? Um, but yeah, it's like being appreciated is one thing, right? Obviously, I think um, people appreciate it um, as soon as they know what's going on. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know. Right? That's why I'm doing uh, this episode, actually, right? Because I think that's uh, that's an aspect that goes by a lot of people. They don't understand that um, you don't have to be DFC. You can just, you know. There's a there's a lot you can do as a supportive uh, in a supportive role, which is you know has its advantages for sure, right? You don't have the um, or like let me ask you guys like why would you pick the supportive role um, over like an FC role? Because I would say probably all three of you have enough experience in the game that you can just FC yourself, right? You don't have to, you know, support an ELO or like me or uh, Seto or whatever. Like you could just FC yourself too. Like why would you guys think, uh, do you pick this role, right? Well, I don't think it's just that. I think uh, when you're on a fleet, uh, often it's sometimes really visible about or how taxed the FC is. 
Uh, I know Frustetto, for example, like uh, when he was running a bunch of clients on his laptop, like uh, they would constantly like freeze up or disconnect. Um, and then there's times, you know, when we're like on a Goku fleet or, or anything and the fleet is like crashing into like a rock or something. And that's because the FC is like looking at other characters and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there's got so much going on and there's a lot of opportunity to help them out and take some of that attention uh, for them. What about you, Ari? Why do you think you don't FC, but you support more? So when I was in Wormhole Space, I did do a bit of FCing, um, particularly in like Pause Party uh, when I was there. And it was kind of small stuff. I, I did some fleets similar to uh, the Stuka fleets, uh, little boosh fleets with confessors and deacons, but uh, you know, much smaller numbers, usually like 20, 30. And I, and I FC'd uh, some other stuff as well. I did enjoy it, but I don't know. I, I feel like for me, I'm kind of a nervous person, which I'm sure people have picked up on, but also um, I definitely get like very in my head and I, I try to overanalyze things. And for me, uh, I can be, I can get kind of, uh, I, get, I get unsure of how to proceed, I guess. So I, I, I think I prefer a lot more to instead um, help uh, other FCs they can they can make those decisions in the moment when they need to and uh honestly i just i just enjoy it more like helping helping a fleet run smoothly is is really satisfying being able to take uh, as paperback was saying take some of the load off the fcs helping with scouting or uh you know noting things like oh hey we need to turn off command boosts or or just like the small things that help make sure that the fleet runs properly you know what i actually I would still think I consider myself too a uh, support of C, like in some ops, right? If Bliss or Shines run an op, I go into the support role, right? I do Black Sino stuff and stuff like this. I think that like every FC um, should have that in them somewhere to be able to support. Because otherwise, first of all, you wouldn't appreciate it if someone wants to help you, right? And then second of all, like, you know, it's just a team thing, like especially in bigger groups, you need like you need a team. Right? You can't just FC with one guy. Like it used to be a thing, right? and I think uh, Blizz is a good example of someone who could FC on his own. Uh, but it's not going to be a hundred percent efficient. It's going to be on eighty percent, which is still good. But I mean, if someone comes in and helps bring it to a hundred, you can do some awesome shit with it, right? Um. And then Tiana, what do you uh, think? Why, why would you uh, think you prefer to uh, to be in a supportive role? Hey, thanks for the host, Torvald. Naturally evolved. Thanks a lot, dude. Me preferring the logistics role. I mean, you can call targets from logistics, but it's kind of harder to do. So naturally, I would be doing. Um, I would be like in a separate comms with Logi as well and giving them advice how we should do things uh, during the fleet. And the next step of this is being in a triage. So, you know, I have a lot of my hands already. So being logistics pilot first, this is how my gameplay was evolving all the time. Like Aneris was my first tech two ship that I learned in this game. I was uh, flying in the Gorgon Empire at that point. It was like my first real PvP alliance that I enjoyed very much. I remember so, those guys. 
Yeah, I kind of picked the logistics role first as a, you know, logistic and like, I do know, I do understand that giving reps is what I do better than dealing damage. That's, you know, just the way it is when, and it is, especially I realized it when we were training for a lens tournament with waffles, because we tried to do like a rotation so people could try um, the roles in this group of 10 people, tackle, DPS, Logi, uh, screening or something you know at team oh interesting and then you yeah. you just you know thought I like oh, that's your thing and you just picked logistics first and then it just doesn't fit to be dfc anyway i was appointed as logistics first but they wanted some other people in our team to try this role in case if i won't be available for any reason you know on that the day of and I was uh, sitting in a DPS ship instead, and I realized I suck at DPS. You know, that's that's just it's not, <laughs> it's not that I wouldn't be able to, you know, press one in like a big big fleet like uh, Munions or something, but like in AT uh, setting, I suck at DPS. I don't know how to do maximum of what my ship can provide, but I do know what I can do in a logic. <laughs> so would... it was, it was natural, natural by like FC is in charge of DPS boats, so to say he's calling targets or she's calling targets. Um, I had an experience with flying a female FC. It was Soraya and Triumvirate. She's very talented. I respect her very much. So like she would be calling targets and I would be taking care of logic. It was just, you know, natural to me. And then after I started to take some extra roles, like Intel, like I said, uh, Sinus, Eyes, uh, then I would be sitting in like command discourse, command comms with some other alliances when we coordinate things. Um, I realized that I, you know, feel just right. I feel like this is my place to be, you know? So that's... That also means, I mean, I know we've played Overwatch before, so that also means <laughs> you probably play supportive roles in other games too. We talked about it before, and for those who play Overwatch, probably recognize Ari also has Mercy, which is a like straight up as support as any character can be in Overwatch, right? So you both are kind of Mercy mains, which is kind of funny, right? So it's a general, <laughs> like I would say. It's it's in your personality, right? That you guys prefer the supportive role. It's not like you couldn't do the FC role, but it's just uh, also, more. Also, I would thing. say from the from the backstage, you have a bit better view of what's going on. That is true. Yeah, I know that for sure because I've been in that position a lot of times too. Right? When I um, support like a Bliss or Shines or whoever. Then uh, or Alexi who's in chat, then I can I can it's way easier to be on point with like to see what's going on exactly because you're not thinking about every little thing like what's primary what's secondary where I'm a am I positioned and all that stuff like I might just have eyes in another staging or whatever and I can I can read the situation a little bit better then right so I I totally yeah. get what you mean there yeah and um. 
I would say like at least uh, about my work with ELA as FC as like DPS FC. We uh, we often feel like it's you know playing the piano using for iron. It's uh it's just perfect sync. He takes care of his part. I take care of my part. In some doctrines, it's especially um, you know it's visible. You can see that. Um, good example in my mind is we uh, used retribution doctrine quite a lot when we were fighting uh, horde, and uh, I believe they were fighting us with harpies at some point, and uh, retributions you know, they didn't perform so good against them. The problem was is when you turn fleet, they slow down, and that was the the moment when we were get killed, and it was funny that um, we were you know flying around our enemies trying to you know get a bit better transfers on, and Ila would send me Tiana, I need to turn. Tiana, I need to turn, and I'm like, don't turn, don't turn, not right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a perfect example. And yeah, someone's asking, uh, paperback. Also, are you also a mercy main? Um, I, I don't play Overwatch, but uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I used to play uh, World of Warcraft, and I've always played a healer in the game. Yeah, so. It's just like it's obvious that you know you guys just prefer the supportive role, and then also, so like one of the questions I actually wrote down was like, do you consider this like is this your end game, right, or do you want to like one one day like uh, be an FC? And I think uh, I probably can answer that for all three of you that you probably are happy in that role. You don't want to FC any big fleets, right? I agree. Please, absolutely. I think maybe like if forced to, like if the situation is there and you have to step in and take something over, I think you probably would, right? Take one for the team, but you wouldn't prefer, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't seek I would that out. Say for, for origin, at least, uh, someone you can call a supportive C is actually Dumbani. It's one of our other directors. Uh, why would you say it's a support FC and like with the stress on the FC part? Because uh, Ila sometimes, or like even you know often, quite often, appoints him as a secondary anchor. So basically, he takes over if Ila dies, right? Or if he is webbed and we need to anchor on someone else, and they would be you know passing this role back and forth from you know each other. Uh, yeah. And I'm more like I don't know. Logic commander or assistant, like you say. I don't really call myself even as FC at any, you know, in any way. Well, if you may, like, if you call some shots, I think uh, Logi FCs sometimes uh, tend to do that. We also have Logi FCs, like, shout out to Reaver, who is also like an awesome uh, uh, Logi anchor and FC. I would say, I would call it an FC because. A lot of times, uh, the Logi FC makes the decision if we stay on grid or not, right? Especially, like, in Stuka fleet, it's not that uh, critical. But, for example, you feel something like Lokis, and you start bleeding. Like, you don't want to trade in Lokis, right? In Munins is one thing. In Lokis, that's an absolute 
and you have to be very careful or it's getting expensive very quickly so if the logic FC then speaks up and says oh shit we we are we are uh, we are bleeding quickly that's basically him say or her saying uh what about right so get the fuck out and that's basically you have to trust on that judgment right there so you know i would call it an fc role in, in like in some way and you're commanding your logis too probably i'm not sure how your uh, comms are set up but in our case for example we always have our own logi comms so the logi guys and girls are talking to each other to some degree like for example get ready for target switch and you know take your reps off uh, this guy and be ready for the next one and like this guy's primaries just to have that attention on 100 percent and stuff like this right and that's usually also like one person would take over that role so definitely yeah. an NFC role in some degree, to some degree. We have whisper list for that, but um, the more I take some other roles, which which are not connected with what's going on right on this grid, the more I feel like I need to pass this role, the logistics commander, to someone else. For example, it was often when, if you know Reni, Reni Chocolate, right? Oh yeah, yes. She was in Origin for quite a while as well. So some it was often that I would say, like, Rainy, I'm sitting in like 200 comps, I'm watching this, watching that. I also have to bleach people. Can you, you know, take care of logic for me today? So you need to delegate even being supportive role, you need another support to support the support, you know? Yeah, she's also like a uh, supportive. I'm not sure about FC, but uh, she's also in the in a supportive role a lot of times, right? As yeah. as far as I can tell, I don't know. She's good to logic commander, and she was actually a logic commander before I came in Origin. I don't know how it happened. You know, I always try when I come to another, uh, like in I joined Triumvirate. Uh, I was in PL before try you know, any other alliance that I join, I tried not to, you know, uh, push elbows with anyone else who is also, who is already in this role. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the new guy, right? So I don't want to, like, push anyone. Think, yeah. Uh, but over time, at least what happened to me, sometimes they just see my work and they ask me to do it up. Can you like yeah. today? So. I think that's in general for FC teams. It's always a tricky situation because there's only so many opportunities an FC can have. Same for supportive FCs to actually get out there and do things, right? And then the FC team or supportive FC team uh, can only be so big. Like you can't have like a different FC for every op. Like you need some practice. You need to be, uh, you know in the meta to some degree and all that stuff like at least for fcs that i think that applies so it's always tricky to like join a new group for example and then find uh, your role i would say right and that's kind of also for ari it might be uh, interesting like the point of view because ari joined and i'm not even sure why did you even have an alden in it you know you only had an alden in it to what to just you know get some Nolzig experience, but then you kind of developed into the the role of an uh, uh, supportive FC 
for in it. Like, I mean, after Rage, obviously, right? But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people in the wormhole space who weren't too fond of me after uh, the Rage job. So, <laughs> uh, and I, I had a, I had a lot of fun uh, working with with uh, you and uh, the other members of Init. So it seemed like a logical next step. And I had never lived in K space before, so um, I was definitely curious to see what it was like out there. And I've I've been loving it honestly uh, ever since. Yeah, and. Uh... Paperback. I know you haven't been in test for like years. You only have been there for what, like half a year? Yeah, like five and, months. And you're already uh, being known as like the number one uh, support guy when I asked Seto. Like he instantly said, you know, I know the guy. And then, you know. Uh, I don't think I'm the number one support for tests. Um, I, I do a lot of support for one of the six uh, that Seto and Southside uh, leads. Uh, there's definitely been opportunities for test fleets. Uh, you know, they'll need someone to provide eyes, especially during blackout. They, you know, you need somebody that you know how to use uh, descan and get good intel uh, for the fleet. Um, they need people flying sabers, um, moving sinos as well. Um, and in one inst or in a couple instances, we have a guy who is deaf, so they need somebody to just transcribe everything that the FC uh, was giving out in, as far as commands. Um, but for the most part, uh, I think most of the support I do is for uh, Seto's uh, SIG. So, um, but but still, like in a short period, I would call it a short period of time, five months or six months, um, uh, you're already well known in the FC team, at least, um, to be a, like a reliable support guy. So like when you join, like how long do you think did it take to like kind of find your role in testing or it was it instant you you knew what you want to do and you just you know found that the drifter one more thing you started and boom like the next week you were already known to be the guy <laughs> hey you need some one mapped i know a guy no it definitely took a few months uh because you know some of the things that you do is the support um it, it t definitely takes some trust right i mean if you're you know you know, even just this, you know, giving intel or, uh, or even just moving signals and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, your, your FC wants to make sure that they trust that guy, um, that it's not just, you know, somebody that might know what they're doing or doesn't, or, you know, might, uh, you really want it to be somebody that is reliable. And then you also want it to be somebody that, you know, is going to be there frequently. You don't always want like a different guy, every fleet, you know, you want it to ideally be, you know, the same group of people that you know, you can rely on. Yeah, that's what I exactly. That's what I also meant with like the you need the opportunity to do it. There's only so many, and if you have a different guy for each of the fleets, right? Quality is not going to be as good. That's just how it is, right? Like if you're used to doing one job, you're going to be way better to uh, edit. At least I would think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even like say like a Goku fleet, for example. Like you want like you know, some of your boosters to be guys that, you know, have done it before. Otherwise, you know, you end up with guys that are like booshing by accident or double booshing and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's not ideal. Yeah. So you support uh, mostly Seto, like, and why don't you support um, like other FCs too? Like, do you, so hmm, how do you phrase it, right? I don't want you to 
talk bad about anyone, but like there are certainly I know there are certainly FCs who don't appreciate um, supportive uh, stuff enough, and they might even um, you know talk down on people and stuff like this. So like, where do you like? How do you pick the guy you think? Oh, this guy uh, is worthy of my support. Like I can put my time and effort in there. And I'm going to be treated like a, you know, like shits, and um, you know, this is going to be worth it. You know what I mean? Like, what makes Seto, for example, worth supporting? I think for me, uh, that's just been where the opportunity was. Uh, for w when you're in tests, uh, like a lot of the big strat uh, FCs, they have um, like skirm FCs that are supporting them instead, and so generally they don't uh, necessarily need help. Uh, like occasionally we'll be doing an op and they'll say, you know, I need a scepter that, you know, can, you know, plus one the fleet and give us intel or, or jump in and tell me what you see, or we need somebody to fly saber and I'll try to jump into those roles. But uh, that's more of, you know, helping on the fly rather than doing like prep work for, uh, you know, a big strat op. Um, but I think as I've kind of stepped into this role uh, kind of unknowingly, um, it, it's definitely something I've thought about. Maybe I should just become, uh, a DDFC and, and just help out, but never actually do any real FCing. Um, but as far as like, if I was deciding, you know, who to help and who not to, I think it's really important to support uh, new FCs because, um, you know, th these are the guys that might be leading the fleets, you know, months down the line, and it's really important for them to get experience. So in general, I think I would help most FCs. It's just, if an FC is both, very like overly demeaning and also just not a very good FC. I think that combination would be the type of FC that I would probably avoid supporting. What about Tiana? Ari, what do you guys think? Like, how did you, like, do you have some criteria or like, do you have any stories maybe? Do you have a story of someone? I do. I'm oh yeah, go ahead, do it. <laughs> just tell a story. Um. How do I decide if I'm gonna speak up and help the person if he's a main FC, right? That's what you're asking. Yeah, kinda, yeah. Um in my experience I saw a few FCs. It wasn't a lot, hope uh, uh lucky for me, but it was a few people who were uh just doing the same mistakes over and over again. And uh, if you try to tell them that they should you know, change tactics a bit, do something different. They would say like, yeah, yeah, and they then they're doing the same. So this is probably the only uh, type of FC that I don't want to go above and beyond for. Like if they don't do extra effort to review what they do to try get better, um, I would support a start like uh, Paperback said, like a newer FC, um, when they see that they're really trying, you know, they're really trying to get better, they're really trying to get experience. And um, after the fleet, they probably do some, you know, um, like debrief or something. They think at least what could be done differently, but some people just don't. And you see, like, if their problem is, for example, like if they are anchoring their fleet and they are scrammed on web, they don't appoint another anchor 
and they just, you know, sit there and uh, Fleet is sit, sitting there as well. And like, like when you try to tell this person, you know, maybe we should appoint another anchor next time, you know, to switch anchors so Fleet can keep moving and kind of not die, you know. <laughs> And they say like yeah yeah yeah, and then next fleet same shit, you know. This the only kind of person I wouldn't. Other than that, if they are good or if they are trying to be good, I had a really positive experience in Winter Coalition with some of their FCs, uh, some of their younger FCs, who had the fleet. It wasn't so great, right? But uh, I don't know why this person came to me, what he heard about me, but for some reason, uh, he asked me to talk to him after fleet. And I'm like, what What does he want from me? You know, <laughs> I was a bit confused. And uh, he asked for feedback? Yeah, after fleet, this guy is asking, like, Tiana, what do you think? What could be done differently? What do you think? Maybe I should have done this or that this is um you know attitude that i really like to see in people what about you ari do you agree i think i do that all the time right poke you like "Ah, we should have done this we should have done that what do you think la 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 you definitely ask my opinion on a lot of stuff and i i appreciate that i think um how i how i kind of decide like a big thing is uh that fc is not always like wasting people's time or wasting their ships. Like if, you know, someone asks me, oh, can you scan out the drifter holes or something? And so I spent maybe an hour or two prepping for the fleet and they have like one spot in mind and then like they go there, they catch nothing and then they just abandon it. And like, oh, you know, that sort of thing bothers me. It's like, well, let's look and and see if we can go somewhere else. That's one thing I like is when people have like, they have they have a backup plan if the first thing falls through and they're not just gonna whelp for the hell of it i mean it's fine if it's like a very disposable fleet like stuka fleets or even some of the, t- the heavy stukas that are you know t1 ships it's cheap so it, it's fun a lot of times even if you even if you don't come out as positive um but i think that's that's one of the, definitely one of the big things for me is that uh the fcs are kind of respecting the time people are giving them and trying to use it to the fullest. Um, I also don't usually like working with FCs if they're like constantly berating their fleet or belittling them. That sort of environment, I'm not a fan of. But uh, yeah, I, I would say the, those are probably the the main criteria I look at. Did you guys ever have to like step in and get like super serious with with an FC? Like some FC fucks up majorly, and you. Uh, think he doesn't understand, so you convo him or you drag him into another channel and tell him what's uh, what's up. Like, did that ever happen? Personally, I think uh, this is more confusing for the fleet, and the fleet can take even more damage if this happens. If someone decides just to take over um, by by force, you know, if I understood. Well. Oh no, I mean, no, 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 I mean. More like after the fleet, or like in, in general, like you said, someone's let's say someone's taking out munitions, and he's always getting scrammed as anchor, and he do- just doesn't adjust to the situation. Right? He gets scrammed, but he stays anchor and just stays pinned down, 
and then maybe gets bombed to shit by some uh, you know Stukas or something, and it happens like five times in a row. Like, did you ever like after fleet combo like NFC and say, "Come on, dude! Like, what the fuck? Can we talk about this? Come on!" And then get like super serious. Was there any like any like super serious situation there or so? Like maybe some drama? Personally, if I'm not asked, I usually keep quiet. I tend to give feedback, especially uh, with some of the FCs I've worked with. Though I do remember uh, sort of a funny incident back when I was in Pause Party. Uh, and I was helping, uh, kind of supporting uh, Velasius, who was a, a great FC. And I remember we went into Brave Staging to uh, get a fight. And we were in our own little uh, sort of bush fleet with the Confessor's Deacons. And they undocked Heracles. And like I had in my mind, like I had looked at, at Fitz and, and sort of knew how much DPS they should be able to do on paper and how much we could tank. I was like, oh, we can't take this fight. We can't take this fight. We're just gonna, we're just gonna die. And he's like, like at some point he's just like, shut up. You know, I'm the FC, we're, we're gonna go take this fight. And we did, and then we totally kicked their ass. And, at, you know, afterwards I talked to him and one of the, one of the things I kind of failed to uh, realize is it's, you know, it's brave. There's a lot of people with lower SP. A lot of these people are, have like T1 fits. And so they Didn't weren't believe. really. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was definitely, um, uh, I, back when I was in normal space, I, I, I nagged a bit more. I think I'm, I'm better about it now and put more trust in the FCs I'm with, but, uh, I was, I was very by the numbers back then. But I mean, that's not a, like, it's not like you, like, persisted and said like we we have to warp out and not take this fight otherwise we fear it like when he said all right we're gonna do it anyway you're like all right let's I did do shut it up then. yeah it's like i think that's that's probably like a different example kind of interesting though uh, you know i mean you probably i mean i'm not sure right you probably thought the same a couple of my fleets they thought like mm, oh, we shouldn't be doing this and it yeah, kind of worked out Right. Yeah, I, I I was definitely, especially back then, I was much more pushy about like my opinions. And now it's like, I, like I said, I've, I've put a lot more trust in the FCs, and you know, I'll, I'll give my opinion on something, but then I'll I'll leave it on that. And so, uh, you know, if things go wrong, maybe I'll be like, I told you so. But yeah, that's the that's the thing. So like, if you would tell me, hey, let's let's say we are in the we are in the confessors and whatnot, right? So we're in a snatch fleet and they're in Caracas. And I say, we're going to take this fight anyway. Um, like, first of all, I would appreciate someone saying, we can't take this fight. And then because of XYZ, maybe there's something that I missed, right? Maybe they have, I don't know, like in Caracas, like what could I miss? Maybe they have like 50 lodges. I don't know what. Or maybe there's like a, there's just the one part of the Caracas fleet. Something I'm missing, right? So I'm, I would appreciate that. And even, uh, even just saying like, hmm, I'm not sure if we can take this fight just to have your opinion there. I think you're, I would appreciate that still. I mean, if you go on about it, that would be annoying, but I don't yeah, see that obviously. Bit, I was but, a bit pushy in that instance. But like, so the I told you so part, right? That's another story. Like, uh, I'm not good with that because, mm-hmm. because like, let's say I'm taking this character fight and then I wipe the entire fleet, but I mean, there was a chance. There's always a chance, obviously. And uh, but I fucked it up. Right? I made mistakes, and we lost the fight. Like if you say right then and there, like I just kept pot at home, and you say I told you so, right? 
I mean, if you uh, say it in a funny in a funny way, I'm probably gonna take it. But there are some people yeah, out there, and I remember one guy. He um, like started to criticize my FC and uh, right then and there, like while we were still flying, and I and I'm just like that's not helpful at all, right? That's not getting us anywhere. It just and then the problem is also with FCs. I'm not sure if I'm alone with that. Maybe another FC in chat. I saw Honey Monster is here, so Shines is here. If someone tells you, like, you cannot engage this, no, I have to engage it. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot leave anyone. That's like an ego thing or so. I don't even know what it is. But if some, if you would tell me you cannot engage these characters, you know, now it's way more interesting for me to engage them. Right? So, um, I would feel like, shit, like, if I, if I engage them now and when, that's even better. Right? So, you know, it's a tricky situation sometimes. Yeah, I definitely try not to be too negative uh, now and like, oh, you know, this is impossible, this won't work, blah, blah, blah. This, I, I also hate that if, if someone's just uh, basically basically telling you that nothing you're going to do is going to work. That's super frustrating. Right? Yeah, I also think that uh, it's a really bad habit when people try to backseat FC. Um, and uh, it's been proven over and over, at least. Uh, uh, a few times for me when you know fc just you know they have a different idea in plan and they they do it and it works and it's just like you know it would have been better if people had just stopped you know telling fc to do this or don't do this and they just trusted the fc uh, so i think it's really important uh, to resist the temptation yes i think that's especially for like new fcs they don't have that 100 percent confidence yet right they, i mean uh, you don't even have to be 100% confident that you're going to win, but you have to be confident that even if you lose, it's not going to be in the, the end, you know? Um, but, like, upcoming FCs, they might not have that, and then also they don't... Uh, they didn't earn the trust of every single member in the fleet. So, that you, that's something that would come up for a new FC, for example. He says a, a thing, and then people would like, hmm, should we actually warp there? And then someone speaks up, and then it spreads the, the little bit of doubt, and the the fleet wouldn't really believe in FC anymore, and that can be a, a bad thing too, right? You can derail an entire op with that, I believe. I uh, I mean that's the extreme case, obviously. Right? Also, you maybe discourage this person from learning and from taking more fleets. In. Yeah, definitely. It's like um, I only can give like a real life, you know, story experience. Do it. Uh, I'm a mom of seven year old, right? So he's trying to tie his shoelace now, and he's clearly not doing it right. But I have to keep silence and, like, you know, keep myself from trying to just ah, let me fix this real quick, you know. <laughs> no, you can just give. You can just give like hints, you know, and then make it his own idea. You know what I mean? You can try to steer yeah. him into the direction, but he's only going to learn it by doing it himself. Lucky for me, when I met Ila, I have less and less instances when I even feel like I need to fix something. Uh, I trust his judgment entirely, and you know he's the one who can be trusted in terms of decisions on field. Uh, it was funny, actually. Uh, the same experience I had uh, with another 
very talented of she who was uh, like i mentioned today uh, russian alliance the gorgon empire who lived in curse yeah like five years ago so there was a an fc russian one who probably is kind of famous even in english-speaking community his name is uh white don yeah i know them so he was very talented and when i first got on his fleet it was like a public and i had no idea about pvp whatsoever it was one of my like first pvp fleets uh in my game experience but just like people say that you don't have to be an expert to to say if this wine that you're tasting is good wine or it's a bad wine it's the same with fcs i would say like when you see a good one you know it's a good one you know? <laughs> that's nice so when i first see how white don thinks how he works what is he doing uh you know i was so excited and like i told myself i should get into his alliance i should get into his corp no matter what and i should keep you know flying with this guy so basically when i was invited to the first fleet with Eli, i didn't really know about him anything because the first black legion was before my time basically the first black legion was before my you know gorgon career <laughs> so it was before me i didn't really know what i expect yeah i heard the name yes i know i knew he's famous but hearing something and experience is different right but well, like, like when i had my first fleet i realized that this is the fc i want to be uh part of the team is you know i think that's also something that you see in a lot of corps or alliances um they build around an fc right let's take for example kenda from like he used to uh, like he was on uh, last week um, he used uh, to FC four goons just a sake, right? But he has charisma and he's a good FC, like a really good sub cap FC or even cap FC. I'm not even sure if he's using caps much. But it's almost like um, there's a cult, uh, cult, uh, uh, you know, developing around certain people. And I would say uh, Elo is probably one of them. Kenda is certainly one of them. Um, that you know people just realize right away like all right this guy has it figured out he he treats his guys correctly you know i think every bigger fc uh, there's no at this point i mean maybe it used to be in like in 2005 or so but at this point i think most big fcs they don't they, you can't afford to treat your people like shit you know you, you can't just rage at everything a uh, little, little thing it might just happen and I mean, maybe I'm going to tell that story later, but um, it happens to everyone um, that you maybe lose your patience with people and then you, you know, you have a bad day and stuff. Uh, but in general, you know, that's, it's kind of what you see that people seek out uh, FCs rather than groups, right? Like people would join Black Legion, not for Black Legion itself, but for ELO, right? And that, that can be a problem too, I believe, right? So other FCs, for example, in Black Legion, getting the numbers together is probably very hard because you have to compete with ELO, right? 
like he's the number one guy and then uh, FC number two I wouldn't know uh, who that is right now but uh, like, say that again who is it Doom Bunny. Do so Doom Bunny he's more of the supportive guy but if he pings he probably only gets let's say that's a guess right now let's say 65-70% uh, of the numbers right so he, he gets the decent numbers but not ELO level numbers right and that's I think that's what you see in a lot of groups actually uh, I'm not sure if that's actually the case, for example, uh, for, for goons, uh, for example. I think that's a little different, right? At the moment, I feel like goons uh, are one of those groups. They don't have that uh, that number one, like, super fan. I mean, Asher and... Um, Asher and... Say what? Pittsburgh, maybe. Uh, you know, Pitts I think Pittsburgh is also... I mean, he's... Still an upcoming FC, isn't it? Exactly, Jay. That's the name I was looking for. So Jay Amazingness and Asher, those are like the, the cult leading uh, personalities in, in Goons, I would say, right? Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they are so well known outside of Goons. So once you're in, you would know them. But I don't think people join, for example, Goons. Uh, necessarily because of their um, FCing, right? True. And uh, I think that might be different for for Edo and Kendo, obviously. Yeah, what I was trying to say, there are certain FCs in this game that you don't have to a backseat. You don't have to, you know, correct anything. You can just trust their judgment and just take care of everything else. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah, that's great, right? I mean. That's the that's the dream for a supporter to see, like the FC, the main FC does whatever he does, and yet you just you just make the the show run smooth, right? You just take care of like the dictators in the right place at the right time, the sign is here, the Titan Bridge is already like ready to go, logging in at the right time, and uh, you know the Logi Wing is organized, the links are organized, all that stuff, right? Um, you know. And then this the the whole the whole op just like just works out perfectly, right? And sometimes you have these magical ops. I feel like <laughs> sometimes things just work out like perfectly, like you have written a script for it. And I think that comes down a lot to like the preparation uh, in general, right? Preparation okay. and you know uh, like the support of people being around. Yeah, shout out to VHSler. Right? Blackbird uh, said it. VHSler is one of our supportive FCs who always organizes the links, right? So that's the that's the danger, though. Like when Shines or I, we're forming a fleet, we don't even think about the links anymore because VHSler is around. He's taking care of it. But if he's not around, it's very apparent. <laughs> I right? know what that, I mean. That's that's yeah. the that, that can be a danger too, right? If you get too uh, you know used to it. And then suddenly you undock, you think, oh, everything everything is fine. And then someone says, why don't we have info links and shield links and we only have one skirmish link. And then you realize, oh, shit, HSler is not around, right? That, that can happen very quickly too, right? But in general, like, so I like to, like, prep ops, like, extensively. No, not extensively, but, you know, I always like to be prepared for, like, ops, even if it's just the normal Stuka fleet, which I've run, like, I don't know, hundreds of. Um, I still like to like be on point on timing and all, all that stuff and have it prepped. 
and a lot of it is the supportive guys so what do you guys think like how much like per like on average per day or maybe like how much time per week do you put into like prep stuff like move stuff around and you know all that stuff what do you guys think how much is it maybe starting with Ari Ari what do you think like how many hours per week do you put in um per week just yeah. to get, move stuff around and prep stuff for like all kinds of ops so I haven't been doing as much scanning um, lately. But when I was doing more of that, it was probably, uh, I don't know, four or five, six hours of scanning a week. But uh, now you've, you, have, you have me moving, not, not every week, but, you know, Titans around. Uh, some of those take quite a bit and make me stay up until, like, uh, downtime for some of that. But uh, I remember the first time I, like, used my Titan really was... Uh, moving it deep into stain. I think it was the first time I'd ever moved a cap like that. And I yeah. still, I still never shot anything with that Titan. It just, it just gets snuck Wait around. No, 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 no. Wait a second. We moved you into Esoteria, I believe. And when I told you, uh, so you told me you have a hyper rack, and then I saw you have a hyper rack, and you have never moved a cap before because you're coming from Warhol space, right? And then the first thing you you get told to do is moving a Titan into esoteria <laughs> that was kind of like i didn't know at the time right so i told you to move it to esoteria to a certain system and you're like so how does this work exactly i just want to make sure like you knew all the things but you just wanted to make sure you're right and yeah. i was like oh shit like she never moved the cap before <laughs> that was funny and the first yeah, cap move is a titan into ezo it's like the like one of the you know if you get tech with you that that's it like, there's no way around it. You're going to get dogpiled by, like, dictors and tackle and all that stuff. Yeah, that's why my, my Titan is super cheap fit. And I think it'll be funny when it when it does eventually get killed. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's never being used when there's faxes in range. So might as well, you know, cheap out on, on the, the tank and whatnot. But, um, yeah, but back to the question. Um, I, I would probably say it, it depends on, like, how many ops we have going on. But for, like, a, typ a typical op, if I'm helping scan... And that's going to be like an hour there. If I'm seeding characters, that might take an hour or two. Sometimes I put like dictors or things uh, locked off. And then, of course, if I'm doing the Titan, that takes much longer. What about you, Paperback? What do you think? Like, I mean, Ari, put a number on it. What do you think? How many hours per week on average? Just take a guess. Um, so I, I would say lately for, for Init Fleet or for uh, Init operations probably not that much probably only four or five hours a week lately oh, so, yeah. so what about you paperback what do you think like how much prep work you're putting in like in a week kind of uh i mean it, it depends right i mean if what needs to be done like if we're just moving sinos like you know it, it could be like five 20 minutes depending on how far it needs to but you know like we talked about earlier like if you're mapping you know, a drifter wormhole. We're talking about you know two or three hours sometimes. Yeah, and then you you map a drifter wormhole what like several times a week. <clears throat> Sorry, now guys. that the war is over and I have a lot more, I definitely put a lot more time into scanning drifter wormholes. Um, like originally, I would just do like a snapshot. You know, just whatever holes happen to be there, I'll just scan those. Uh, but now that I have more time, I'll you know I'll just stay logged on, and as new ones pop up, I'll scan them down and see what they are. 
So your number is what? What do you think per week? Uh, I, I would say now that I'm doing primarily like drifter wormholes, uh, since I do this like on a daily basis now, I'm probably spending uh, maybe 20 to 30 hours just scanning 20 wormholes. 20 to 30? Only for the scanning part? Well, actually, let me take that back. Um, so the first, the first, like uh, we said, uh, like the first set of wormholes takes like two hours. So I do that definitely every day. Uh, but then, like I'll you know go and do my own thing and you know maybe crabbing or or go do like a small gang, and then I'll come back to it and see oh twelve new holes have popped up and I'll scan those down. Yeah. So I'm not truly sitting there like the whole like four or five hours on that character. But like, um, so do you have like a I'm, I mean, I know you've got a dedicated character, but like, do you have like um, a full scanning chart with like um, virtue set and everything in the Woma? Or is no, it just a normal problem? It, it's just, uh, it, it just it flies a covert ops. Uh, it's got most of the scanning skills to five, um, but it, it doesn't have like any special implants. It has like maybe the, the um, scan strength like five percent in it it's nothing expensive because uh i think it has like 150 strength so i mean you can scan every uh signature down in two scans so it's it's, it's good enough for me oh can you because yeah, like you do... so you do eight au probes and then you would do two au probes right away and that works i don't think you can hit them without said though you have to use one au probes then yeah. So, well, so what I'll do is like I'll, over a celestial, I'll do like a big scan, like eight or sometimes sixteen AU, and it'll it get all the it'll get all the six down to like being just like. A oh, and then two and more. Then, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah that so makes all, sense. All okay. those, I'll do four or one. Yeah, because like so, I've got a, like a dedicated probe for that with which you said and all five and everything perfect equip and all that, and then you would only need one eight AU probe and then one two AU. Right? Sometimes yeah, you exactly. don't hit, so you have to have to do a second one. But you, know, you don't have to adjust the range then, which is quite nice. Yeah. So I can I can actually probe it within like thirty minutes. I can probe down all sixty-five uh, signatures, then have my guys map it for me. Right. I've got two guys, then map it for me, which is I believe the the most efficient, the fastest, the st most like the stress-free way to do it. Right. Yeah, as our uh, as our SIG kind of figures out how they want to organize this, I, I hope that's something we kind of progress to because uh, currently the way we have it is we've just got one guy in each hole and they do all the probing and all the mapping themselves, which I don't think yeah. is really the most efficient way to do it. No, you know what? Uh, when we when it was 20 signatures, that was totally fine. And that's another thing. Like I would ask people to then have them mapped. Like, for example, tomorrow I want to do Stukas at whatever 1800 and then i would ping the the channel in our case it's the warmer crew um channel and then say hey can we have a stuff mapped for that op so it needs to be done like in half an hour before and stuff like this and i wouldn't feel bad about it because like you know, i know 20 signatures people have to invest around an hour right if they're fast 45 minutes you know it's okay that's something i can ask for but then it got increased to 60 I can't really ask my guys to invest two hours of scanning, mapping, and all that stuff. Like full, like you can't just, you know, do something else on the side. You have to focus on it. You want to be done within two hours. Like I can't really ask like ten people to, you know, do or not ten people, but like let's say three, four people to, you know, invest two hours of their time, efforts, 
uh, for for every op, right? So yeah, we adjusted and and got a little bit of like a team going for each wormhole. Yeah, it's a tough nice. ask, especially when you know that you know you might not even use that any of the connections that day. And then, you know, the person might feel like, oh, I just spent, you know, two hours doing all this. Correct. Even... Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Like, there might not even be anything going on then. Right? Or in my case, like, I ping, and you guys actually ping, hey, ESO go red for a while, <laughs> you know? So even if I have that ESO wormhole, I have to have option B, C, and D ready to go. Otherwise, I can't even undock, like, counting, like Ari said earlier, counting on that one Desti only, that's not fair to my guys either, right? So I have to be careful there. Like, and sometimes they map, and I, and the, and then the the we might have good connections, but the map is empty. There's nothing there. Like, I'm not gonna form my guys to just wing it and then hope for the best for like that five percent chance of us catching something. And then you know, I'm not only wasting the scanner's time, but also like a hundred people's you know, time in general. So yeah. It's a tricky spot sometimes, yeah. but so you're saying twenty to thirty hours, which is a lot. Uh, so when I'm gonna ask Tiana, I think at the moment you're not as busy, right? Because um, Black Legion, you guys are taking a little bit of a break, I would guess, right? After the war and stuff like this, so you're just falling back to Venal right now, or what are you guys doing? Um, but like in general, and yeah. on a like when it's like normal activity level. What do you think you put in our wise like per week? After listening Ari and Paperback, I think I'm black because Origin is not so focused on Stuka and we are not so interested in Drifter Worm. Yes, we did it a few times, but it's not like our main activity. That's why I'm lucky I don't have to scan this much because like you said, scan does require your attention so what i do is um since i already have some eyes placed where they need to be i don't have to worry about that on the enemy stages you know uh and like the prep work that i would need to do is just you know maybe move a sign somewhere or move some other characters somewhere. that's usually it so it's like maybe 30, 40 minutes before the op time. When Ela like pings, like if you have a recon sign on, you know, PM me or something. But on the other way, I do have some, you know, other work that takes months and I'm take, talking about spies here. And that, you know, requires quite a lot. <laughs> So you know it's hard to tell how much time it is actually. So, even if even if I don't use my spies at this moment to you know spy on the current fleet at this moment, I still like want to make sure that they are active. They have some sort of killboard running, you know, this kind of stuff. So I like play them as I would play any other character. Uh, so it's a tricky question. So you're the the spy master also for Black Legion. Mm, I wouldn't say so. We um, we share this work in between the team. I'm just you know the one who has a little bit more of a fleet. So 
funny enough, Ari is kind of involved in spy stuff too. <laughs> I'd say it's because um, it's a matter of trust, right? The, the like a corpse or or FC should trust the guy as well. Uh, so paperback, are you also involved in spy stuff, or is that nothing you you're doing? Uh, it's been asked a couple of times, uh, but I think, as I think about it, uh, I, I would be a terrible spy. I'm, um, I, I just really, am, I like people, and I like uh, you know getting to know people. And I think ultimately, if I you know started spying for you know like for in it, for example, I would just eventually just become really good friends with you guys, and then I wouldn't really be spying anymore. Well, that's always a major concern when we you know have people go out and try to spy on stuff like they don't know if they're personally like made up for it right because it can be tricky it uh, is tricky yes and uh, i would say that i was thinking just like papers saying right now but we came to some point uh when you just have to yeah nowadays the game the requires it i mean yeah yeah i mean you test the to. test guys they are spying they you call your broadcasts, you want to know their broadcasts. That's just... Stuff too. Oh, yeah. Like, in in the mutant meta, like, it's an absolute necessity, right? I mean, if you, the way everything gets just alpha, like, if you don't already know that you're going to be next, like... You're, I don't... Yeah, I don't enjoy it, but I have to do it. That's... Yeah. Uh, so I also want to get you guys' opinion on like the blackouts and sino changes and warp speed changes and then maybe some thoughts on like maybe what's going to be announced at EVE Vegas. But uh, I need a super short break because I have to pee and uh, I can't fucking hold it in anymore. <laughs> so we're going to take like three minutes of a break or something like this, right? And... Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about the blackout sign of changes, warp uh, changes, and uh, all kinds of stuff. And we're also going on for like uh, more than half, one and a half hours. So I think like, I don't know, have that segment and then maybe open it up. Maybe some uh, people uh, have some interesting questions. And uh, yeah. So see you guys in uh, two, three minutes, all right? Be right back. Well, I guess I can talk to chat talk to chat a little bit um i do miss i do miss wormhole space a bit uh, mr mra but uh, i have i have been having a lot of fun out in k space i feel like there's a lot more opportunities to do the types of ops that i that i like out here yeah i was grabbing a grabbing a drink i've drank, I've drank like 30 ounces of liquid since we've been here <laughs> um the ops i like the most are probably like stuka fleets i really enjoy um flying tackle uh, I fly uh, sabers a lot in fleets. My old feisty falcon. Um, uh, you'll see her on a lot of Stuka fleets out getting killed, <laughs> tackling oracles and stuff. If you get me another Titan, I'll use it for PvP. I don't know. I don't like Titans. Not really. Maybe if I was like dropping rock walls with them or something outside of uh, in its face. I know, I'm sorry. Is your Titan Aries like a travel breach most of the time? Yes, absolutely. Just I've, like mine. I have literally never shot any anything with it. Never doomsdayed anyone. It's, I did. 
nice. Yeah, my, it's it's. I just sneak it around and and bridge bridge fleets. It's fun though. It's it's probably the most stressful thing I've done in fleets since like the rage up. All right, I'm back. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, what are you guys talking about? What's the most stressful thing? I was talking to chat a little bit and answering some questions. All right, perfect. It sounds like uh, Dark Shines is trying to give me a Titan. All right. Well, Shines certainly got the the hardware. Well, he knows how to get Titans. Um, Paperback, you also back? Uh, yes, I am. Alright, so um, I want to get the, the thoughts um, on the blackout thing and all that stuff from CCP lately. Uh, also from you guys. Um, and I think the test perspective is probably a little bit more unique. I mean, I asked Seto and uh, it's pretty similar to my opinion. Um, but you guys were like super busy during the blackout thing, right? So I think the crabbing stuff um, was kind of uh, influenced by the war anyway, right? So I'm not sure if your guys didn't notice it as much as the other the big Nordic groups. Uh, but what do you think? Um, like, what do you think about the whole blackout thing? So completely no local. Uh, what's your take on that paperback? I think for the most part, because uh, the majority of what I enjoy doing is. You know, being part of hunting and whaling and that part of the game uh, I mean, obviously i really enjoyed it uh, i thought it was great uh, but even just like in terms of supporting a fleet uh you know suddenly you know years of you know using d scan uh, became a very valuable skill um, for scouting out uh, a big fleet um, but you know i think i was really surprised by how many of our guys just stopped logging in uh, you know, initially, like the thought was just like, well, you know, we probably didn't need those guys anyways, but, you know, a lot of people stopped logging in and it really had a huge effect. And I think then I realized that maybe, you know, we're really just kind of on the other end of the extreme of just having no local and that um, that probably wasn't a good thing either. Um, and now that we're, you know, back to having perfect intel and we're having to like suddenly use you know, campers all the time. Again, I think, um, you know, if we could find a place kind of in the middle, uh, that would probably be what would be ideal, I think. So you're talking local delay. Hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, you mentioned this, I think, on your previous show, uh, you know, it's like some amount of delay when someone enters yeah. local. Yeah, I always, like... I'm not sure how many times I met <laughs> like whenever I kind of try to like ask all the guests that I invest, uh, invite on to you know have a little bit of a, like a um, like a widespread opinion you know to see what like people think about stuff from different uh, groups right so to kind of uh, have an idea and so I talked about it a couple times on my stream before. And I still think like there's a sweet spot somewhere with the local delay, and it might be twenty seconds, it might be thirty seconds, it might be a minute. Right? But I truly believe there's a sweet spot there that would enable uh, for all, or that would you know make it possible for all gameplays to have enough room to uh, you know have activity. 
like significant activity. That's my take on it. At least. Uh, what about Ari and Tiana? What do you guys think about, uh, or what did you guys think about the blackout thing? Well, I, w I definitely I would say I agree with you both that I feel that the the blackout um, was a bit heavy-handed. I would like to see a delayed local. Um, coming from normal space, like at first, you know, I I was definitely in the camp of delete local, you know, just you know, full stop. But after having been out there, uh, I feel like that. It, it, it's a little bit different than in normal space, right? Because you have the stargates, which are persistent. And so it's you could really move around a covered ops fleet if there was no local at all uh, with bridges Bridge and stuff, and it's almost undetectable. As well as you, can, you could have Hicks uh, logged out, you know, or not logged out, uh, logged in and systems cloaked, like just waiting to catch Titans. Like uh, I was in an op where we caught a Titan in low sec that way by just taking a tune that looked harmless and it was in low sec, uh, leaving it logged in cloaked all day until the titan cyanode to the fortazar and then tackling it there and when you have those kind of big toys around i feel like having some sort of local is kind of important otherwise people will stop using them as much as i'm not really a big fan of supers and titans i feel like there's plenty of people you know like like dark shines that that that's a big part of the reason they play is, is to use those um for the sino changes again i feel like it might be a little heavy-handed i'm enjoying it um, but I'm not going to be mad if they let Hicks and T3s light signos too. Uh, as far as the warp speed changes go, I love, I, I definitely love that. I'm, I'm mostly a subcap pilot, so it's, it's been great. Yeah, you know what? I, sh I, I don't think I even have to ask about the warp speed changes. I think we all agree. I mean, I'm just saying it right here. I think we all agree that the warp speed changes were important, right? I mean, not only that they, uh, uh, Touch the warp speed in general is great, but the way they did it also, uh, also is, uh, is I think uh, on point. Right? That they even increased the speed for cruisers. Uh, that's more than we actually asked for. Right? <laughs> I never dared to ask for that. I just always asked for battleships and battle cruisers. But I totally agree, cruisers can also be way more fast. So yeah, like you guys all agree, right? Speak up if you don't agree with the warp speed changes. But yeah. Yeah, hands down. Um, we have on multiple occasions flew nightmares twenty. Um, we really like the, uh, the warp speed change. And uh, then Tiana, what do you uh, did you think about the black odds thing? Like similar uh, situation. I'm a bit biased because um, I was enjoying the special group who is located in NPC Dolph and NPC Fun. So during what do you mean out, NPC fountain? What? Uh, uh, yeah. What special group? Oh, I remember them. They were dropping so, carriers and balls in USTZ. Yes. Uh, during the blackout, we had uh, a lot of you know kills of supers, rollcalls, and whatnot. So I really enjoyed that. No, I wasn't sad when blackout came. Unlike people who, you know, have some space to write and mine in. But, so, didn't you, uh, wouldn't you agree when I say that the blackout situation also pushed people closer to the umbrellas? There was less rockers, like, ratting outside the umbrella range. I'm not sure how much aware you were. Uh, like, how much were you, like, actually looking for the targets and stuff like this? Um... 
but I think beside the big groups like let's say Delph, Esoteria, uh, Fountain, uh, what's it called, Kalevala, uh, Malpais, right? And then maybe Decline for GOTG. Um, beside those umbrellas that can really cover against any fleet anyway, there was nothing outside that. Right? And I think that's an ongoing um, symptom, an ongoing, uh, what do you call it, effect that it had. Like, it's still there, right? So that, that's, you know, numbers have recovered in general a little bit, not totally. Um, but there's still, okay. like, all the rockers are under umbrellas right now, right? Yes, and um, what makes me really upset uh, is the fact that after the blackout was uh, cancelled, we lost a lot of content makers. We lost a few of the good FCs uh, who just gave up. You know, people who provided content. Yeah, so they left because they lost hope, right? Because like, if a change get re gets reversed, it's not going to get reversed a second time. Uh, it's not going to go back to blackout. And they thought this is the last sign that CCP has lost, um, you know, has lost connection maybe to the game, and and they don't, they're not going to give any, um, or they're not going to change anything for content creators. Right? Um, and I, I certainly feel the same way, kind of. I can't tell what they were thinking. Everyone has their, you know, reasons. Well, didn't I say something? But I do, like, I do see, I did talk with a few FCs who were hunting during the blackout, and they just gave up, you know. Someone um, <laughs> in our, like, informal talks in Origin, someone uh, compared this to, like, uh, you invite a woman to your house, uh, she turns on the music, she starts to take off clothes, then suddenly she turns off music, puts her clothes on, and leaves. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get it. But at the same time, like, wouldn't it be also fine, like, wouldn't it be fine with a little bit of cuddling first, you know? Like, the middle ground? You know, that, that's... You wouldn't just start like this. So you know, let's get let's get some uh, <laughs> let's get some uh, middle ground going. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, and that's a good idea. I agree. So uh, you know, it provides enough activity overall, so there are targets in space because you could totally tell. Like targets were like especially like I, that's what I'm doing all day every day. Not all day every day, but like a at least once or twice a week. I'm checking the entire map for targets and I could instantly tell like there's nothing left. Right? There's nothing left to hunt. And that's exactly uh, what we don't need even for hunters, right? Yes, the few guys that are in space are easier to catch. Not necessarily easier to kill always, but like yes, I mean you're more sneaky so you can kill them all. There was still enough to get by, but I think that activity would have also died down over time. I don't think activity would have increased uh, after that. And you know what? I also would say... Sorry. So I, I just wanted to say, at the beginning of Blackout, activity went up, but it died down quick too. Right? Let's not kid ourselves saying um, activity was like 
super fucking high pace the entire time of the black goal. I think the beginning was really good, but I died on quick too. I had, to... yeah, so... I had to break it to your panda, but uh, in Delph, there is always someone writing. You just that is true, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but is he always killable? Like, is it always necessarily content? But that you know should be like should all hunters then only hunt in Delph suddenly like because there's no one else anywhere in this. Then the map looked depressing to me. Right? Just having like a blob in Malpais, a blob in Isteria, a blob in Delph, a blob in Fountain, a blob in uh, Backline, and everything around that was empty. Right? That's that that didn't look like a healthy game to me. And you know. Probably you're right, yeah. I think the the middle ground would have been great. And also for mid scale PvP, if all the targets are now under umbrella range, I think that's uh, still an effect that you have right now. The, like the ten man gangs, they are struggling for content because you don't have the like good old curse when Gorgon wasn't cursed, for example, right? Those times, like how, how many gangs did we see back then? roaming through curse all day every day it was crazy right be it us uh, roaming around gorgon or dark side when they were still around there was like plenty of smaller groups back then it's uh, uh, nowadays it's uh, super tricky right because all the targets are within big groups and they all have that ma mega bad phone you know you can't just hit an r64 and expect a good fight just not it's happening I think one of the most fun things about the blackout, though, was like all the uh, uh, groups kind of working together with Stuka fleets to hit targets under the umbrellas. It was, I, I, I know I had a lot of fun with that, even though it was sort of strange working with uh, different groups that were kind of mortal enemies. Yeah, and I always send you over to uh, to take the coordination part because I suck at that. <laughs> it was quite nice to, to have you around to uh, to do all that. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed doing coordination with like Elo and and a bunch of other FCs. It's like my first time meeting a lot of them. Yeah, I think there was one time we might have been in Fountain, was it? And I remember looking across the way, and there were some fraternity carriers helping us out. And uh, I knew a lot of our guys were a little confused about that. That's origin carriers. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. There was there was some very interesting collaboration between a lot of like the the groups that hunt um, from the the major coalitions like working together. Yeah, we had at one time I think we had like three Stuka fleets on grid or four even. Uh, it was I think on XIX in XIX space somewhere tender or so legacy space. That was quite fun. I mean, I uh, for those who are interested, I streamed that. I'm not sure what I called the video, but yeah. I think it, it's something called like three times Stuka or something. Three. It was Marshy, Us and Horde. Yeah, I think a PL or Seafleet was there too, but yeah. I think you guys uh, were in impasse, weren't you? I could, yeah, maybe it was impasse. Yeah, you might be right. I think it was impasse actually, now that you say it. Yeah. And you were on the, uh, on the other side jumping in with Titans and stuff. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little frightening. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's complete chaos. I mean, back then, perfect segue. Back then, or not back then, uh, it's like, what, two months ago? Maybe three? Uh, 
but the sino changes weren't live yet. With the sino changes now live, it could be way harder to deal with a situation like that. Because you lose your sino and then you're stuck and then stuff gets bumped. You need a new sino for the guy who's getting bumped and all that stuff, right? So it can, it can get super chaotic super quickly. And um, so perfect segue. Like, what do you guys think? The sino changes on point? Or you say they're too heavy-handed, or you would say, like, I mean, in my opinion, they create good uh, opportunities right now, and I think I kind of like them the way they are, even though I think maybe a little bit too far. But what do you guys think? Um, I think that the idea that Sinos needed to be revisited was probably right. That um, it's probably uh, not a good thing that just any ship can you know, just put fit a Sino and you know be a Sino. Um, but I think the way they, ex they executed the changes would probably, uh, I think, as most people say, it probably not was not the best way. Um, I know one of the ideas we talked about was maybe uh, the Sino module should be have a lot more fitting constraints. Um, that you know, if you fit it, you know, you might not be able to put like a great tank on it or something like that, you know. And then I have a bonus on recons and um, corpses so they can fit it more easily. Yeah, something along those lines. I wish the signer could be nullified, honestly, just for you know, sake of my own sanity because I have to move signers a lot. <laughs> so I can. What a selfish request here. Nice other, than that, other than that, I prefer, of course, I prefer Sino on a recon other than unkillable Sino with panic module. What did you, uh, what do you want to say, Ari? Um, I was I saying, saying that I, I would like to see him on Hicks too, just because it would be nice to be able to, like, you know, if you tackle a, a capital with your Hick, uh, to be able to light that Sino too. So it doesn't take so many steps to, like, catch a uh, like a Titan or a Super that's out of position? Yeah, you know what? I would have actually said it's probably fine if you just say, okay, all subcaps, cruiser and above. I think it would have been a, an okay enough. I mean, the main problem was uh, like unkillable big sign or apostles and stuff like this, right? So they can just have that apostle sign up forever. Uh, but I mean, obviously, there's some subcaps that have such an insane amount of EHP that you wouldn't crack that one either. Right? You can you can fit it like a Scorpion Navy on shield, for example. I don't even know. Probably to 600k EHP. Uh, someone correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's possible. So that would be unkillable too, probably. You would have to alpha that thing. One thing I do think is nice is like more for the smaller gang. Like you, if you see a particular ship, you know. Uh, it can't light a Sino, so you might be more willing to engage it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of times you see Definitely. these like battleships or even even frigates that are just gonna catch you, light the Sino, and then here comes the supers of Titans to kill your nano gang or whatever, and that's pretty lame. Yeah, if you see a Reacon, they're you know they're kind of giving it away what their their plan is, so it's kind of you know unless they have the Reacon already in in system and cloaked and stuff like this, you can spot. Uh, the sign of them, right? Yeah, I agree. I I feel like I'm happy with the changes. Uh, what did you want to say, Tiana? You wanted to say something earlier? Um, the only sad part about this is um, um, Sana changes strike hard the smaller people and indi individuals, right? So 
you mentioned that I do in cushions before, right? So I do low second cushion. And my guys used to travel a lot using capitals. So uh, traveling from one cushion to another, it it is often takes at least like four, four or five jumps. So, you know, being ready to lose a recon on each of the five jumps, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> discouraging them from using the capitals. And when it's, they are discouraged from using the capitals, they discourage from piloting them and learning how to use them because that's my other mission. I teach people how to use capitals first time in their life in a, you know, kind of teaching environment. So some my, some of my incursion pilots sit in the, the carrier or dreadnought for the first time, you know. So it's kind of sad. It's not like I it's guess. a big deal, but it's kind of... Yeah, but I mean, you would agree though when I say um, people adjusted at this point, right? So, like, everything kind of still works, like, it's not uh, that much of a hard-hitting patch that, you know, certain game, like, play styles yeah, of course. are completely erased by it, you know? Yeah, of course. Lots of people just who has, uh, like, dedicated arts, they, just like me, just, you know, shrug and put some more skill points in these arts. That's it, basically. Yeah. And, um... Uh, what were we saying after that? I wanted to throw something in. I forgot what it was. I think uh, the point we wanted to discuss, it was mentioned earlier when you asked like, and said that you that we all three of us uh, just, you know, agree to come and talk about sport role all of a sudden. Yeah. Um... And then also the the parallel is kind of interesting. Um, you like so the parallel also between you and Ari in terms of um, the teaching role. That's what I wanted to throw in actually. I've, I forgot it for a sec, but I I caught it again. And because Ari, you made a teaching like a, a video before, like about like dicta bubbles and how they exactly work. So you were like interested in teaching people and stuff like this. And then Tiana says uh, she is uh, teaching people how to fly capitals and all that stuff. So that's a teaching role. So I wonder, paperback, are you also like uh, teaching people in some capacity in tests, like teaching them how to uh, do stuff? Uh, yes, uh, I actually really, really enjoy teaching um, some of our newer pilots. Um, for me, when somebody wants to learn something, uh, I just, I really, it's easy to teach them and I love doing it. I think that's that's quite interesting that you guys are fairly similar characteristic-wise, right? You, you do similar stuff and, you know, you have like the similar interest and it's like there's so many parallels there. And uh, what you uh, said uh, when I was actually asking what what I was uh, trying to say, and you said like talking about like uh, the support role, uh, I think Tiana, you wanted to um, uh, to maybe let people know a little bit more, uh, you know, that you know being a support FC is quite um, it's quite what do you call it? Uh, you get some out of it, you know what I mean? Like it's enjoyable. Yeah, uh, uh, like um, 
if you remember when we discussed it, I said I would like see more people to step up. I would like to see more people to not be afraid uh, to show some, you know, initiative and uh, do something else, uh, some extra. And they probably think that it's hard, but it's actually not that hard. That that's the message I came here to send people, you know. <laughs> and you mentioned that Ari was actually thinking the same way. Yeah, I th I thought right away when we talked the first time. I thought right away, like, you guys are so similar. <laughs> and then I wondered, like, are all the supportive FCs so similar? And I think, like, all supportive FCs, like, share certain characteristics. And I think we kind of highlighted that over the course of uh, of this, uh, you know, FC chat. So, uh, you know, I think that's quite interesting for people to understand. And then also, I share, I share the, um, that thought. Like, people need to, like, not be too afraid of uh, taking uh, on like supportive roles and not everyone should aim to be uh, like the number one FC uh, the world has ever seen you know like I'm, I tell you what it's probably not even that um, that great um, uh, when you like you get so busy and you, you get like well known in the game or anything it's probably not even that you shouldn't even aim for that that much like some people do right i think the supportive role is um quite um quite enjoyable like for for a couple of reasons that we talked about here i think it's and, super fulfilling yeah fulfilling i'm looking for like a certain word but i can't come up with it <laughs> but yeah I hope uh, at least like one or two guys that were listening or maybe are still listening because this is actually coming out as a podcast too um, and some people might be on the flight to Vegas or whatever listening to this. I hope at least a couple of people um, will not, uh, like have a little bit more of an insight of like how things work in an FC team and like that there are other roles than just the FC and just F1 monkey, you know? If you want to do more, it's always great. It's always appreciated also by FCs. You might not get like a convo after every fleet from like the FC saying, hey, you did great, la 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 la. But trust me, like I know the guys um, that get the right bubble at the right time, that get that sign already before I even ask for it. You know, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I love uh, about like really good, like supportive people around. I don't even have to add, like they just say okay I've got a Titan ready here and I've got a sign already there and stuff like this like it's just so helpful and then it just makes that op move so smooth and then a hundred people or more even um, like have a great day you know taking a fleet out and stuff so um, it's uh, like I said I think it's very fulfilling um, and I hope like some more people consider you know helping their dude out even if it's a new FC. And that may, might be another point that came up earlier, which I think, uh, yeah, all of you actually basically agreed. Newer FCs, they shouldn't be too afraid. You know, make use of the support of people, ask them for help. And if you put in effort, those guys, the Tianas, Aries, and paperbacks, they're going to support you, right? So if you want an FC, that's great too. Take shit out. Be prepared, put in efforts, and people will show up to your fleets. 
people will support you and uh, you know it's content for everyone so more, the more I've seen the better and uh, uh, Panda I think you've cut out oh shit I did cut out well I didn't cut out on stream hopefully uh, yeah I think the thing you bugged the discord's overlay thing but I think uh, it's it's probably like the perfect note to uh, to finish the stream and uh, unless you guys want to uh, have something and maybe some people if, if you have a really um, good question put it in this uh, not in discord put it in the in the twitch chat right now maybe we just get to answer that one question that you uh, wanted to ask other than that do you guys have anything to add did we actually talk about everything we wanted to talk about? Sounds like it then. Yeah, I think we, we covered all the important stuff. All right then. So, uh, uh, wait a second. The question I asked on Discord earlier. Okay, wait a second, Blackburn. I've got a list here, but we went like back and forth and in the middle and like I lost track of where we are. So I'm sorry if I didn't ask you a question. I have to find it. I remember you asking something though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually an interesting question. So, did you guys actually ever get shit from an FC? Like, did someone actually get give you shit because you had, didn't have stuff in order or something like this? Like, some FC expects you to do certain things and then it wasn't perfectly planned because he didn't tell you in advance or whatever and then he, like, uh, lost his mind about stump, uh, something? Like, th did that ever happen to you guys? I, I don't think that's ever happened to me. Like, I've certainly... For the most part, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, then I, I see it done. Uh, usually people are just super Look happy like to have the support. I've definitely seen people, who, uh, other people who tried to support, say they're going to do something, don't do it, and then get kind of uh, in trouble for that. But uh, I, can't, I can't personally think of a time where I didn't have to get super mad. Usually they're just happy to have help. What about the other by, uh, both guys, girls? You guys... None of those experiences. I don't yeah, think so. Well, that kind of highlights the the point again. Then you know, don't be afraid. Step up and help. Do whatever you feel like you can support with, and uh, it will be appreciated. In general, right? Like overall. All right. So I hope I covered all the questions. And I'm sorry, Blackbird, I skipped yours earlier, but we fixed it. Except the embarrassing story part. <laughs> do you do you have an embarrassing story? Come on, now's oh, the chance. Plenty. <laughs> about who is it? Who is it? But I actually asked Ari too to prepare one, but obviously, you know, there's no embarrassing story about me, so she didn't come up with anything. I think. I couldn't think of anything sadly. <laughs> so what about it, Tiana? Come on, story time. Perfect way to finish a, a stream. So I actually wanted to tell two stories. First is what we call in origin the buy story. Uh, it happened when I uh, not just joined, but I was new in Corp, and I, you know, I just you know started to find some get to know. And there was one fleet. Ila uh, wasn't flying a monitor at that point yet. Uh, so often as he does in like big campaign, it was like a smaller fleet, and he was in a large, and uh, he was having his alt in an, a command destroyer, in a busher. So 
we warping down and we realize that we are not in a good position to fight these guys who, you know, entered uh, the system just now. So we need to, you know, get away as soon as we can. And what he's doing, he's saying to like anchor on his alt to the to the bushes, right? And his plan is like obviously to MGDS away immediately. But with his main, I think he didn't break in wall after warp. So like everyone is pushed away except you. That happened to me before. <laughs> that happened to me before. <laughs> and uh, everyone is just, you know, completely silent. And I'm saying like, but? So it's like a me in our corp now. Uh, every time everyone is about to die and we realize it, we say bye. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He I, was he was totally so sad. He like he he told me like, uh, Tiana, that was cruel. Well, it kind of was. So I, I know that happened before uh, to me before, especially in uh, snatch fleets when it's all about that boost and you need to jump your dudes, right? and then you would hit the regroup thing, so everyone breaks timer, but it doesn't break your own timer. So if you're not quick enough, like if you misclick for a second, you have a five second window, right? So you whoop in, tell the guy to MJD, like spam the MJD, and then you have five seconds actually to make it happen. If you misclick and all that stuff, you have to regroup, then double click, so you break the time and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if you forget about it uh, uh, for a second, and then boom, you headshot yourself, basically. <laughs> right. And another story is... Uh, like a mistake that you know happened uh, at least a number of times so let's say so it wasn't just one time and we because of that we called it uh, the Black Legion curse so the Black Legion curse is called out of range actually <laughs> and uh, if you guys google a YouTube video that's called Elal with uh, the Z at the end uh, you can you know see how it was one time when he was really upset uh, about one moment when we realized that we cannot breach to the target because it's out of range. Uh, and uh, when we joined fraternity for this, uh, you know, um, how you say, spring, summer, autumn deployment, uh, it happened like straight away after we joined, we were, you know, doing some dropping stuff on someone. We found some Rorqu and, and it's out of range. range. And we say like new alliance, same shit. So you're in the new alliance and you're trying to be all awesome and shit and then you're not in mm -hmm. range. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> That's kinda embarrassing I have to say. I'm sure that happened to me before though. That we sit on Titan and then you know, boom, you're not in range. I don't remember, though. You said once it was an incursion in that system. Oh, yes, that happened to me. That's for sure. Uh, when we wanted to hit test, and then we didn't check the map, and there's an incursion. And then we couldn't bridge into the system where we had to sneak a Titan into. And then everyone was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay, guys, we kind of have to turn around right now. <laughs> and have to send like two, like a full fleet. So we had more, we had more than a full fleet, like some serious behind, uh, hype behind the op, 
and uh, 256 people plus like five six uh, dudes who like were just flying with the fleet kind of and i had to turn it around because we fucked it up and there was an incursion I yeah think there was some soft warfare ops like going on too so we like yeah, yeah. had gotten through some uh test fleets so we had already been seen and this was after you made me move my titan all the way through stain yeah, <laughs> that was that was actually the first that was your first Titan thingy that we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. The first cap you ever moved the sneaky Titan into Esoteria. Not that wasn't Stain, was Esoteria. Oh no, actually that's what, true. What? You're Stain. right. It was. I was ready. I was ready to jump into Esoteria exactly. for the yeah, bridge, yeah, yeah. but then we couldn't. Exactly. So your your final spot would have been in Esoteria, but you weren't Stain at the time. Yeah. And we couldn't jump you in because I think actually you're right. It wasn't an incursion. There was some soft timer going on that we weren't aware of. So all the systems were jammed. Like we couldn't yeah. jump jump anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then we were also camped in by like a couple of harpies. And then we had a spy on comms from uh, uh, from. Volta bombed us on the way back. Volta, exactly. I know they had a spy on comms and they bombed us on one of the gates then because obviously they knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, that was probably one of the worst ops ever. That's actually one of the things I have on the list that I also skipped. Right? What was the best op ever and what was the worst op ever? That's so hard. Thanks to the sub paperback. Uh, that we didn't talk about what was the worst and best op ever. I don't want to, you know, drag it out too long because we already said like, hey, let's like, finish it. But like, if you guys got like, like a super embarrassing worst op ever or like a super awesome best op ever, go ahead and do it. I would say, like recently, one of the most fun ops I've I've been a part of in the, in the long time <laughs> was our kind of free age 2.0 thing we threw together real fast. We finally oh, got ben. the fight in rage we wanted. Oh my god, it was great. Um, we noticed they weren't doing like hole control um, Thanks, in their hole while they were off uh, doing an eviction. And so I like, me and a friend scanned out a chain. I, oh my god, a bunch of uh, like a sterile alts and threw them in there. And then the next day, just scanned out a chain. We got a few, we spent a couple hours prepping uh, some stuff and then we just went in and it was it was so much fun. Such a great fight. Oh, uh, wait a second. So which one are you talking about? Is it the Rage 2.0 one? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. Alrighty, guys. So, uh, I think we are good to uh, shut it down. Two and a half hours. I always aim for the two-hour mark. I kind of... Two and a half hours, that's a good time, I think, uh, to wrap it up. Unless you want to say anything, uh, then uh, I would say... Thanks for showing up. Like I said at the beginning, um, much appreciated because I know you guys are probably not the, you know, you're not attention-seeking kind of people, right? You're, you're always in the background. So uh, I appreciate it very much. And uh, I enjoyed this uh, conversation very much too. And it's quite interesting, I thought, uh, to highlight all the similarities. And uh, like we said earlier, I hope more people find their way into some support roles or even new FCs get a little bit uh, encouraged to do so um, because you probably do have some support people in your alliance maybe you have people in the alliance that even don't know yet that they're support people so go out take some fleets out and uh, kill some shit 
and have a good time. And uh, everyone on stream, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for the subs. I missed a sub earlier. I know Veer was one of them. And uh, I have to scroll up to find the other one. But uh, much appreciated, guys. Also, thanks for the bits, Joby. And uh, I would say see you on the next one. And uh, yeah, that's it. See ya.